How's it going? Welcome back to the Manufacturing Come Up. I'm Malachi Greb, your host. And today we have a special guest, Joni Cunningham, who is uh, sales and marketing at Creston, as well as one of the people putting on AME, Advanced Manufacturing Expo. Hi. Hi. How's it going? Good. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to have you on. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to let you know that this is what I was about. The reason I didn't do videos is because I'm super awkward most of the time. So I'll yeah, try I, not to be. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure I won't make it any easier on you. Oh, great. I'm, I'm definitely a very uh, introverted person. So when, when uh, moments get awkward, I just make them more awkward. Okay, me too. <laughs> well, you're in good company. So let's do it. <laughs> let's go. Yeah, so definitely excited to have you on. Um, one, you're in a sales and marketing role. So like those are always fascinating positions to me because, well, I'm pretty good at marketing. I'm, the sales part, like I could definitely use some more experience. So I think that like anybody looking to get into a, a sales position can, uh, can learn some things from you. And also, the other really cool thing is the fact that, you know, you're helping put on AME, which uh, is like a whole realm of like, I don't have a lot of experience with. And I think it's a cool, like, if we can dive into that one a little bit of like a behind the scenes of like what what it entails to put on a show like that and and uh, and whatnot. So if you would kind of give us a, a brief uh, description of where you're at currently and what you have going on, and then we'll then we'll take a dive back in, into your career and then see how you got to where you're at. Well, I so my main focus here at Creston really is AME. And, you know, this is a wonderful opportunity to shine a light on this platform is that in the two years, of course, when I first got here, it was COVID, mm, right? Yeah. So I, we didn't have the opportunity. But AME, I think this is the eighth or ninth year and they've grown exponentially 20 to 30 percent year over year nice. so you know there's a lot more people coming and understanding the importance of these types of local shows you know and i am not the only one and i can't take all the credit i do have to say that my counterpart joe teague at industrial control really puts in a lot of work and a lot of effort as far as AME is concerned. Where I really kind of um, bring in is a little new meat, like a, a new a new way of kind of looking at things. And yeah. that's what last year was about. Like, I really want women to understand the opportunities that are available and the wide range of opportunities that are available in this field and AME is a avenue to be able to shine a light on those types of opportunities for these women right and, and yep. you know having lauren there and Haley there and you know all these wonderful women that came to support us and shining a light on this industry at this time yep. right it's it's great absolutely i kind of want to bring this up because like you just made me think of this and i, I don't ever really hear people talk about this much okay. but Actually, a, a small reason why even some men doesn't want do not want to get into the industry is because there's no women. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, every hour, you know, some people think about this as like you know we're going to the like the workspace and like 
you know, some people find their wives and their, and their life partners through, through workspaces. And, uh, pretty much when you go into manufacturing, I mean, you, you just significantly reduced your, your pool of, of, uh, potential, you know, interaction. Well, let me speak to that for, for just a quick second. So for, for a hot second, I did outside sales here at Creston, you know, and, and, and this is kind of like a, a unique niche. We're selling tools. Yeah. They're not sexy and nobody cares, right? Everybody's got a round tool or a tap or whatever the case may be, right? And there's so much to learn about it. I would go into these shops and literally everybody would look at me like, what are you doing here? Like, <laughs> like, like, what just happened? Like they saw a ghost, right? Yeah. But you're right. There's so, such a lack of women in this field. And I, I think it's a twofold issue, right? Like for me growing up, manufacturing, that wasn't even an option. I never even heard about it, right? It no. was either you're going to work on the slope or help animals. Cause I grew up in Alaska. It wasn't, it wasn't an opportunity. It wasn't until I moved to Michigan that I even knew it was a thing, mm. you know, but we sell tools. So I don't really get to see all of it. And that's why AME was such a great experience for me is that I recognize that tools weren't the only thing that go into manufacturing and that manufacturing mm. is in everything everything. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that like, you know, a lot of people don't get the exposure early enough. Like I'm, I'm becoming like a huge proponent of like events and like people attending events, people being on LinkedIn. Um, and like these, probably those two things are probably the two biggest things that I think people need at an earlier stage in life so that they can kind of experience and like, witness more of a, a full perspective of, of what's going on in, in a particular industry or, or career path. I would absolutely agree. And even though, I mean, so even two years ago, so LinkedIn two years ago is not what it is now is that in the last year, it has become such an excellent tool for manufacturing specifically and what's available and the people that are talking about it. But how, let, let's say LinkedIn wasn't there. Mm -hmm. Where are you going to go? Yep. <laughs> where are you going to go? So I would have to agree with you for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like at that point, then you're, you're events only or like, maybe a Facebook group. <laughs> Correct. But, you know, then you, you have to go and seek that out. I mean, LinkedIn yeah. really, it's kind of, you know, if you have your settings that you're in manufacturing, that's what you're going to see. Yeah. Right. And on Facebook, you would definitely have to go seek it instead yeah. of just being in your face. Like, Ooh, what's that? Ooh, nice yeah. Akuma. Ooh, tools. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's hundred percent where the exposure's at. Yeah. What, how long have you been on LinkedIn? <laughs> Since I started working here at Creston, um, okay. you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of social media and I really don't use it much, um, outside of work. So it's been once again, a learning process for me there as well, mm -hmm. but really just what I've kind of learned is just be yourself right? Be yourself, be open, be vulnerable, 
be cheesy, be, you know, be, be what everybody would want to be around. And, yeah. you know, if, if you're not yourself, it comes across. I really think in people's posts that if you're not genuine or if you're phony, then people are like, eh, whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, one thing I noticed with myself that I'm like, I struggle with is like on the business side of things. I try, I try to keep things almost too serious, you know? And like, I think what's going to end up happening is like 10 years from now, I'm going to be like, man, I wish I would just relaxed a little bit more. <laughs> true. True. Yeah. Awesome. So what is, uh, what is this new AME year looking like? So, well, you're going to be there. So just to let everybody know and all the people that are watching you now that you're going to be there in speaking engagement we have yet to choose a topic, but we're going to discuss it. We haven't really started rolling it out yet, and that won't happen after the first of the year. So we don't really have any details about what's coming. You know, I have things that I'm thinking about that I would like to see. Um, but, you know, I'm not the only one that controls what decisions are made. Right. So, you know, I have to run the things that I'd like to see around yeah. around the block a little bit to see if everybody else is on board. Absolutely. Where is, where are they, are they doing AME at the same location? Yes, it'll be at DeVos Place, which is such a great location in the way that we're able to spread out. And I know that some people this year thought that there, it wasn't well attended because there were 15 foot aisles, but that was purposeful to give people a little bit more room and a nice flow. But, you know, it did kind of make it feel a little emptier because it was so wide. Right. So, that was in is Grand Rapids, right? Correct. Grand Rapids, Grand Rapids, Michigan at DeVos Place. It's a beautiful venue. Absolutely. What is actually one of the cool things about you guys' event that I didn't really see anywhere else was like, I like seeing like the rap vehicles in there. I thought that was a pretty cool. Concept. So this year, especially in the metal working hall, we're hoping to get some of our partners that have like vans that have. You, you can walk through and use their product in their vans yeah. versus it just sitting on the table. Even though this year we did have a lot of interactive booths, which was fantastic. And I really help. I really think that the interactiveness draws people in to make them want to learn more about what's actually happening there. I mean, who cares? You're going to walk by 15 taps on one table and then 30 million other of them. How is it used? Show me. Show me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the, like, always blows me away. Like you'll have like a, uh, you know, PLC provider. Right. And it's like, it, you know, it's basically whenever it's not doing anything, it's a plastic brick, you know? Right. And so it's like, okay, cool. Like there's so many cool things that you could do with, with that, that piece of equipment and, and, uh, to not demonstrate something with it is kind of really a waste. Yeah. And I think the demonstrations too, like we'll draw kids. Like we had the highest amount of kids and women ever this past oh, wow. year. And they, to see the kids watch the sparks fly. And then, uh, you know, when they got the chunk of metal that they just watched being cut and the fascination in their faces now is when you spark the passion it's yeah. not when they're in high school. It's mm -hmm. now when their minds are in this spot of wow versus yeah. eh, whatever. That wasn't that cool. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, in high school, they're like, oh, my girlfriend just texted me. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. There are much more important things at that stage of life. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess let's take a minute and kind of dive back into, into your past. And, uh, you know, what was kind of your career path and how did you uh, navigate to where you are today? Well, um, I always thought that I was going to be in the medical for profession. I'm um, growing up in Alaska. My grandfather was a doctor there in a very small town. And I don't know if you've ever seen Northern Exposure, but people would literally barter like pelts and moose meat for services. But I grew up helping in his office. And I really thought that that's what I was going to be. And in high school, I did diversified health occupations. And I always worked in nursing homes and I helped in hospitals. And, you know, after I graduated and then I went into the medical field, I worked in hematology and oncology, and that was really an emotionally devastating experience for me because I wasn't able to separate. So at that time, I kind of understood that as much as I love it and have the passion for it, emotionally, I couldn't handle it. I can't handle mm -hmm. being around sick people. I, I, I just or animals, I just can't do it. So mm -hmm. then I kind of moved in a different direction. And then I went into liquor sales and I was a liquor promo <laughs> girl and it was fun. You know, it's nothing like a party in your twenties, right? It was mm -hmm. awesome. And you get paid lots of money to go out and party. It was fun, but you know, I had a son. I didn't want to be in an environment that I was sexualized in that way because that's yeah. what it is. Let's face yeah. it is that I wanted my son and everybody else to see that I had a little more value than just, hey, you want a shot, right? Yeah. <laughs> we need to move past that. And then I kind of grew out of that. And then I went into IT. So, um, you know, I was executive support for many years. And then I started inside sales. So I was inside sales for Microsoft and T-Mobile. And this is very high level. So this is kind of the, my path for sales in general, is that I understood what needed to happen in and around sales. You know, I'm not mm -hmm. the one that's selling, but I'm the one that's making the sales happen, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, it, it gave me discipline, dedication, hard work, not that everything before that hadn't, but really my time on inside sales really kind of locked it down on yeah. what needs to happen and where customer service really is the most important thing. You know, like if somebody sends me an email, I'm going to respond. I'm not going to make them sit and wait whether or not I got their email or if I'm working on it because I wouldn't want somebody to do that to me. Right. And that's right. how you do business. Yeah. So which has led me here. <laughs> I moved here from Seattle and, you know, I spent a year working at the gym, which I wouldn't call work because I would do it for free, right? Because I loved it so much, which led me to this position because nobody wanted to touch me after staying home for five years with my children. They're like, you know, we're going to pay you $12 an hour for your 25 years worth of experience. And I was like, I'm not doing that. However, Creston came along and they took a chance on me in a position that I had no experience. But what I did have 
is my experience with people and customer service. So they believed in me enough to think that I could grow into the role. And that's what's brought me here. They really supported me. It's a wonderful company to work for and they care about the people. I mean, even through Creston, they did not get rid of anybody. They even kept me on and I had only been hired two weeks before the close down and they kept me on the entire time. And I've never had a company be so giving and generous and believe in the people that they have hired. So, you know, I feel truly blessed to have had this opportunity and to have found my home in manufacturing through a chance that they took on me. Yeah, absolutely. That's that is super awesome. And especially the fact of like going through COVID, being a new employee, like absolutely. Going through your your sales process, I mean, it seems like really you had like some version of sales like throughout the majority of your career. Yeah. Um, and it's it kind of never direct sales, though. It was never direct sales. It was kind okay. of behind the scenes, right? And, and helping others to achieve the sales. And that's really just through customer service and awareness and appreciation for other people and treating others how I would expect to be treated. And those little things go a long way. And those are the things that why people want to work with you, right? Is that do what you say you're going to do, follow through, even if it's a quick email, hey, I don't know, but I'm going to find you the answer, right? And then just keep them updated all along the way. And as far as like sales is concerned, a lot of times the outside guys don't have that time, right? Which makes it more valuable. Hey, we're working on it. Hey, I can do this for you. Hey, I'm here, right? Yeah. And, And like, you know, you mentioned like responsiveness and like, that's, that's such a huge deal. Like, it's probably one of the highest uh, compliments that we get from our customers is that you guys are the fastest responding vendor that we have, you know? And so like, that's really cool. I, you know, we, we'd like to take pride on that. And we just think like, it's like adding value back to the individuals. Like what, what's the point in waiting so long to send out a, an email or like, like you said, even if you don't know the answer to it, like at least just like keep them in the loop. Right. That's like, I think the big part of that is like, right, are, are we part of the same team? Are we like a separate entity from you guys, right? And right. I think the more you create that, like, we are one and the same uh, and we're partners in this, that like it really kind of takes, it, it, it kind of takes away the, the customer vendor relationship and it just becomes a relationship. Yes, absolutely. 100%. What are, what are some of the things that you've seen that have kind of like, helped you in your career and with um individuals taking like a liking to you so i'm gonna call out a couple that so eddie eddie saunders jr so when i first got here and it's COVID, and i'm watching all these videos right (laughs) like i couldn't take another video and he did a video with flex mm-hmm. and i thought wow right that was super interesting i enjoyed myself i laughed i learned something and over the whole year that was the only one that i ever took anything away from because mm-hmm. of his energy so yeah. i gravitated and i kind of watched him and what he was doing and mimicked him ish 
right? Nobody can ever be Eddie, but <laughs> right, I, I appreciated what he was doing. And I'm like, I wish there was more people doing this, being themselves, being yeah. funny and charismatic and open mm -hmm. and vulnerable and all of those things that we all want to be. But he was doing it so well. I was like, if I'm attracted to this, I know others are too. So yeah. I was seeking people that had that energy. Yeah. Special, yeah. Right. You know, and then, you know, the same thing with my relationship with Motor City Spindle and Lauren Liddell is that, you know, I really liked having the opportunity to sit and speak with her about her experiences and what she felt that she's done right and wrong and how to change it. And, you know, and even as all these other people that I'm meeting, um, Emily with Marketing Metal and Hallie and listening to their experiences, it's been super helpful for me um, to learn and grow and listen and take their advice on things that I should be doing or I could be doing to improve what I'm already doing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I like the thing you said about Eddie, like, and just like his ability to go outside of the box and, and, and do things in a different way, I think are extremely important and it can, and it can have like much more impact than anybody could imagine. Um, I think also like one thing that would definitely help out with individuals if, if they're concerned on like, a professional image that one thing to do is to like characterize things. Right. So like, that's one thing I think if you look at like Eddie's content, like they'll do like characters, right. Where like, they're not really being themselves. They're being a character of something. Right. And right. so that creates enough like separation to So like whenever you see that person in real life, it's like, okay, they're still a professional individual. Yeah. I think that's like the biggest concern, like, you know, for like, if people like seeing like me off a of camera versus me on camera, it's probably definitely two completely two different. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm definitely very serious about business and, and, you know, I try to be as professional as possible in front of the camera, but like off of camera, especially like, you know, when it, whenever it's like a more relaxed time, like I pretty much don't like stop joking around about stuff and like, you know, and just, and just, kind of take things very unseriously, I guess. Right. Yeah. And the, I guess what I'm getting at is like the concern with that is like the reason why on camera is because of, you know, looking unprofessional and it's like, you know, I think about, you know, um, Steve, the uh, engineering manager or program manager of general motors worrying about seeing like a video that then, <laughs> Oh, I don't want to do business. business yeah. They did that one silly video about this thing or whatever. Right. I think it's like, that's why the there's a big limitation. I think that there's, you know, people are concerned about the re repercussions of it. Well, I mean, so honestly, I feel that if you're really worried about that, you probably shouldn't be doing videos. <laughs> I mean, if, if that's really a concern, then you yep. shouldn't be, right? Is that I do believe that if you're warm and open and genuine in whatever it is that you're doing, regardless of whether it's a podcast, regardless of whether it's in person, it's going to come across, 
right? And and even if you if you joke and you have a good time, you can still do that, do that in a professional way that you connect with the people that you're talking to. And that really is the most important piece is that the connection that you make with those around you are the ones that are going to bring long-term sustainable relationships, profitable relationships that build trust for the long-term. And that's what we're really talking about in business. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What are some of the things that you think that kind of help like fortify that relationship? With, with, with people in general? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Is that, um, I think it's very natural for you. So I think this might be like a harder one for you to explain. It actually, (laughs) I, to, I, to be really honest is that it hasn't been, I, it, it is, this has been new to me. I have gone through a tremendous change in the last two years of my life. Um, due to, due to divorce is that it really made me take a look and reflect on all of the things that I had done wrong to take responsibility for how I've hurt others, for things that I may have said unintentionally. It really kind of sent me on this journey Mm. of healing and growth. And what this journey has brought me is the ability to be open and vulnerable with everybody without the fear of judgment and being hurt. Because I always feared what everybody else thought. And, you know, I, I, I carried that with me. So I kind of closed off a little. And now <laughs> I'm old enough not to care. And <laughs> two, <laughs> it's that that's not going to bring a real relationship. Is that, yeah. you know, the, the only way to success, I feel, is through vulnerability. And I feel that when people talk to me, they know that, I'm listening, that I care, genuinely care. So people open up and tell me their story, and that's the favorite part of my job. I love to hear people's stories, right? The good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. We've all lived it, right? We've all done stuff we wish we hadn't done. We all did stuff that we could have done better. Whatever the case may be, We are all flawed. We are all broken. But it's what we do with those lessons that brings us success and joy in the future if we choose the right path, right? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I find that like questions, like questioning people, like uh, really trying to like understand who somebody is really helps out a lot with like the relationship with like dealing with introvertedness, I guess is like kind of one of the biggest things, right? Like whenever you're in an awkward, awkward situation, like kind of just ask something about the person, right. Can generally kind of uh, eliminate that, that awkwardness because people like to talk about themselves for the most part. Uh, And, and and so now you've opened that opportunity and and took a direction of conversation that can kind of, um, you know, eliminate that feeling. And I think that sometimes some negative interactions come from maybe just two people being like introverted at in a moment in time, right? Whereas like they could have been like best friends, but instead they were like both so shy or 
just like you know in a weird situation like, okay yep okay see ya gotta go <laughs> well also too is that i think that um this is lost people have lost the ability to actually communicate with each other because of this because of this because they're sitting at their desk mm -hmm. so they have a hard time actually just even having a conversation right it's like yep. hey i have never met you i should have a million questions i could ask you but most people i think are afraid to ask the questions or to be vulnerable enough to ask or even listen right most people right. don't want to listen right they mm. just want to talk gotcha interesting yeah i never really thought about it like that yeah because like most of the time like i yeah I definitely like listening to people a lot. I think that's a big reason why, like, I've been able to, like, get to where I'm at in my career. Because there's been a lot of times where I've just sat in meetings and, like, would just sit there and, and would analyze things, what people are saying, why this person's saying that. And and uh, just really listening and, 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 and understanding, like, the dynamic of the conversation. And uh, I, don't know, I think I've always, like, really analyzed things very deeply in that way. Um, always been super fascinated with like human psychology. Interesting. What are, what are some of the things that you see, uh, for, for your future? Well, I do see my future here at Creston. I love, I love it here. I, I love the people. I love the industry. I love our vendors. I, I, I just love it. But what I see as far as my platform for AME and, you know, doing things like this is that I'm hoping to be able to inspire others to take a rest, to believe in themselves, to do things maybe they didn't think was possible, to step outside of the box and go, why not? Why not? Yes. I was like, you may just end up someplace that's the right place, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, you know, I think there's so many individuals that don't do things within their life because of some fear, some limitation, uh, you know, like they say, limiting belief, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think I can do this. And, um, you know, sometimes just taking that leap and doing something is, is all it takes. Yeah. That's awesome. So as of right now with AME, uh, kind of what is your position in that and what is, getting a bit ready to go. What does that look like? <laughs> well, the whole process really takes about 10 months for me. Okay. So, and for the whole AME team is that I'm in charge of the metal working hall because yeah. Creston is the sponsor for the metal working hall. So I'm in charge of getting vendors there. I'm in charge of getting speakers there. Um, I'm in charge of not necessarily what people bring, but I kind of guide them into, this is what I'd like to see. This is what I think that others will respond to. What's new? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, when I asked you to speak, I want to hear from you what you think is important. And then if I'm like, ooh, yes, then that's the topic, right? Is that, you know, I, I, I want to get people, especially in this industry, out of the box of, We've always done it this way. We've always done it this way. Well, mm -hmm. if you can't change and adapt, you die. 
So it's time for this industry to change and adapt and think outside of the box and maybe do something a little bit different than it's always been before. And that's what's important about my involvement in AME is that I don't come from this area. I don't come from this field. So the way that I see things, especially as a woman, is different than the rest of the the guys on the team. So, you know, we all have our unique qualities, but... You know, I am an asset for those reasons because I'm not from here and I'm a woman and I'm not from this industry. So the things that I might find, you know, exciting are things that maybe people, other women, other men, children or whatever that aren't from this industry will also feel as exciting. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to bring people that aren't necessarily from this industry into it to go, wow, all this stuff is here, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that, that you pretty much said it with, you know, you you bring in that outside perspective and the outside the outside perspective and, and, and coming from, uh, you know, a, a different genre of, of the industry, you know, versus like, you know, being a 60-year-old man in the industry, 50-year-old man in the industry, right? Like, new young energy and um and like like the 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 site to see like what other people are interested in right like that's like a big thing that like i that i'm always looking at is like okay people want to see something different they want to see something new they want to see um you know the industry not operating in the same way that it's operated for so many years. Yeah, it's it's. I really I don't I don't really like to say this, but like we go into many many manufacturing facilities and you know to help with automation processes, and there's a lot of companies that we see that are just like, you can tell, you know, 50 years ago somebody's grandfather like started the company, and that's basically been how it's been for the entirety of the time. Yeah, And one of my concerns is that like companies like that will end up not existing at some point because they don't bring like new innovative thoughts and, you know, maybe not able to make the investment. And here's the big thing, I guess, that is actually a key valuable point is like, if you're making good money, if you're, you know, your company is very profitable, don't waste that time of profitability and not like reinvesting into like innovative things because there may be a period of time where like your profit margins are extremely high, but maybe more companies start to come into that market. Like say for instance, automation profitability is fairly good. Right. But if, if enough AI comes out, if enough um, system integrators start to pop up everywhere and you know, it's probably unlikely, but like it's, it, it is likely it could potentially happen that like, our profitabilities go way down. So if we're not constantly investing in like innovative technologies and in like the way we share data and the way we we share data with our customers, like just like new innovative ways to like, you know, simplifying processes and making the whole experience better for everybody else. um, You know, if we're not doing stuff like that, then, then, you know, the concern is like with, with your manufacturers that, um, that they don't survive, you know, and it, it, like I said, it's very, very concerning for me because 
obviously I want to see everybody succeed. But. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why I think that, you know, companies should be, um, have apprenticeships that pay well, right? Is that it, it, it just like, you know, I, I grew up working in the shop with my grandfather, you know, one, one of my great grandfather was a woodworker. And I, I used to think, wow, this is cool. And then I would watch my grandfather fix snow machines. And then my other grandfather built a monster truck in his garage. So it. I've been in and around it all my entire life. But what's missing now is that now we have parents, both parents working outside of the home. Mm -hmm. And then on the weekends, they're too busy doing grocery shop and helping with homework or whatever to pass these things on. And if we as an industry don't make the effort to pass these things on, they're gone <laughs> and they're gone. They're gone forever. They're gone to automation. So all these people that, you know, have this vast experience like the CNC, the guy that's seeing at the spindle, you know, just because the manual says it works this way, he's got 40 years of experience saying, do this, do this, do this. But if he doesn't pass it on to somebody, that knowledge is lost. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. I kind of, one thing that, that's definitely that, that that's in my mind is like what the actual impact is going to be on, on industry as a whole due to that, right? Like, how long do we do we not put emphasis towards that to a point of like is it 10 years from now like those people are gone and they're not coming back and and now you have like basically a younger generation that doesn't uh doesn't really have the experience necessary to do maybe some complex thing or they're having to learn the hard way because now they don't have that super experience somebody to teach them um yeah, so I want you know I definitely I wonder like how long that'll be prolonged and also what the impact is going to look like. Well, the thing is, is I guess we'll find out because it's going to take an investment by the companies that are employing these people. Yes, of course they want somebody that's doing doing it for forty years. But what happens when that person is gone and then they can't find anybody? Like you know, IQ manufacturing, you know where Halley works, I mean, they're doing an excellent job of bringing up and employing the future yeah. of manufacturing. They're leading with patience. They're leading with guidance. They're leading with all sorts of wonderful things. And it's not just, I understand everybody's busyness, like the job has to get done, the job has to get done. But if we never stop and take the time to teach what's actually being done we're all going to be out of a job in 20 years, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What are, what are some things that you kind of see within the industry that are some positive initiatives towards that? Well, like I said, with IQ, that's a, you know, that's a first step, right? And that yep. they're vocal about it, you know, what they're doing. And um, Willis Machinery, we have a partnership with them and they do a lot of work with their local colleges and, you know, giving machines and stuff like that. So, you know, it's going to take an investment of not just time and money for everybody who's involved in this, this industry, but for those that have the opportunities, the connections to be able to give back. And it doesn't have to be a huge financial, you know, investment. Yeah. It could be as simple as your time, right? Is that, you know, 
in the industry as whole, I really think that, you know, we should get back to instead of wood shop, it should be, you know, a CNC machine in the seventh grade class, right? Yeah. You know, we have to start, we have to start younger, yeah. right? And 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 if and if they if I had been exposed to that, you betcha I'd be doing it right now too, because I took shop and I was like, this is cool. If there had been <laughs> metal cutting, I'd been all about it. Right. right. Absolutely. Yeah, that's long term like one of our what like at least one of my and i guess our dream goals is uh actually to have like a community uh, a community where it's like an ecosystem that that's partially funded by the company or i mean pretty much entirely funded by the company but essentially where you have like you know you have your company you have your um education right and and the ideal situation would be like is how how does that education become accredited so that it's like approved by like the state boards and everything like that so that way you can start you can have this educational process that you know it's outside of public education and you can uh start learning these things at a super young age like so one of the dynamics that i have for this is that like how can you have a child at like no matter how young the age be somehow involved with whatever their parent is working on right if you could like maybe it's a, a 3d printed model of like this actual mechanical thing that they're they're making or you know maybe it's just like some type of exposure or like videos or photos of like the things that they're working on today like if they're doing like mechanical engineering or you know, if they're machining a certain part, like, I think that, that dynamic is, is like beyond super cool. Right. Like, I think that like, we need to bring back children being more involved with their parents' workspace. So like you kind of mentioned, like, you know, you had a family, family members that were like building a monster truck in the garage. Yeah. Well, you got this, you got this exposure of, of, of seeing that, and now it's like our, our, our personal and our work lives are so segregated that it, that there's almost too much of a barrier. Well, you know, uh, even with that exposure, there was no path for me to pursue that. So, yeah. I mean, there was no path. There was no, I, I literally knew nothing more than what my grandfather had shown me. There was no path for me to pursue that in any way. Right. Yeah. You know, here I'm in in my my late 40s and now I'm just starting to see the path. Right. Where's it yeah. been in my life? You know, there's there's not enough exposure. And I think part of that, a lot of it is because parents are busy and uh, and not able to be present in the way that our parents were able to be in the past. Yeah, I 100% agree. That's uh. Kind of like one of the one of my like biggest passions is like how do you how do you fix that bringing being able to bring families back closer together again? Yeah, it's huge. Um, and also too, like just going back to the you know education space mixed with the workspace. Uh, there's so many more companies that could be involved in either bringing whatever their equipment or technology or skill set is to the school and also the programs of bringing that student to their to their 
facility or, or process office, whatever that may be. Yeah. I mean, you also have to, too, the thing is, is that school, our school systems are broken and there's a lot of mismanagement of the funds that are provided for them. And until these types of things get fixed, I can't see a lot of companies wanting to invest, you know, in that if their funds are just going to get lost or mismanaged or whatever the case may be. Yeah. You know, if you're, you're going to give funds, you want to to go to what you're giving it to and not yeah. like, whoops, we lost $7 million. Not sure where it went. Right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I think a hundred percent, like, I don't think financial donation is like the, the best way to go about it. Like you said, like, just lose $7 million, yeah. Yeah. you know? Um, I think it's a highly more integrated um, give back. That's so much more important. Like, even so like that, that seven, same seven million dollars you're better off hiring 12 people we're gonna hire 12 people they're gonna manage the division that that handles our relationship with the school the students the yes. you know that whole entire process i think it's yeah absolutely. i agree i agree <laughs> awesome so for uh this event coming up what are what are some of the things that we can expect I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're, I'm sorry. Uh, here's the awkward part. It's fine. We made it almost all the way through. Now it comes out. <laughs> so I really, I'm really haven't planned so much in advance as far as what to be expected. However, sure. there will be new things as far as what they are. I don't know yet. And I, I am sorry, that's the lamest answer ever, but sure. that's literally where I'm at right now. <laughs> okay. Let, let's put it like this then. If nobody's ever been to an AME, can you give uh, a rundown of what, what they can ex, uh, expect to experience there? Well, yes. Robots. <laughs> you're going to see robots. You're going to see metal cutting. You're going to see, you know, automation. You're. I mean, it, it's... A wide variety, mechanical. So you see a lot of like mechanical features and things that are there to see how things work. You know, like mm -hmm. basically a slice through the center to see all the mechanical components. It kind of gets your mind clicking about, wow, this is manufacturing as well, right? And then there was some really cool robots. Last year, there was this like red robot suit. It reminded me of Halo. And I was like, hey, what can I do to take this home? I mean, what what kind of deal yeah. can we work out that I can have this lifetime robot in my living room, right? <laughs> so it'll be it'll be more of that, but it'll be the latest and greatest in the technology in each three of the fields, right? I mean, last year we did have on-site metal cutting and on-site polishing, metal polishing, you know, and I'm hoping to, you know, hopefully get some some new vendors that will bring maybe some metal bedding, bending, right? So, something different that we haven't had before that is still part of this industry and really important to manufacturing in general, because, you know, if you didn't bend the metal, how are you going to make airplanes, right? You know, they don't come square, right? <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm hoping by platforms like this that people will find me and be like, hey, I have this really cool thing that we want more people to know about. So, yeah. you know, if you're out there, 
I'm here. Find me. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess this is a good, good uh, place to segue. Where can people find you? Yeah. Uh, well, they can find me at Creston. Uh, they can email me at C at crestonindustrial.com. Uh, they can follow me on LinkedIn. They can follow me on Cre Creston's page. But uh, I'm around and I'm available and I will respond. So, <laughs> you know, I would love to hear people's ideas about the things that they feel are important is that, you know, really this show is about our customers. It's not about Creston. It's not about industrial control. It's not about motion. It's about what's happening in our field. What do our customers need? Yeah. What is the best possible option for the job that they have that they might not be able to come up with a solution for? You know, we have so many experts in tooling and metalworking that are available for them. And that's why we want them to come. I was like, if you're lost, let us help you. I mean, even Creston, we have such an amazing team that are so knowledgeable that have worked everywhere in manufacturing from the spindle to selling Akumas to you, whatever the case may be, they've been in it for years. They're experts in their field. And I feel blessed to be around people with such a great knowledge of how things actually work and bring real solutions to our customers. And it's not about the money. It's about finding the right tool for the job, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think you guys have done a great job at, at uh, hosting an event that has a good, well-versed uh, conglomerate of, of different uh, divisions of our industry. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. You're welcome. Do you have any last uh, valuable tips to add back to the community before we get out of here? All, all, I mean, all I have to say is be yourself. People respond. So, and I do want to let you know that as awkward as you feel when I met you at IMTS, that you have a very warmth and inviting presence. So just keep doing what you're doing and people will come to you. I've seen a huge growth in what you've been doing over the last year. And you guys are really on a roll. And thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you for your kind words and 101%. Thank you for being here and adding your, your valuable point of views. You're welcome. Thank we'll do you. it again. <laughs> again. Have a great day. Thank you so much. You.